I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. And you're listening to Two, Two Average Girls. Girls. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tag Tuesday. How are you, Denise? I'm pretty darn good. good. I'm pretty darn good. Good, good, good. Week starting off strong. Starting off pretty strong. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Weekend was good. So yeah. that good, was good. good. It was pretty hot here, which is, you know. Well, it's Orange County in the fall. I mean, it's, it's like 88 degrees, people. For all those people who are maybe cold somewhere. There are people in International Falls right now going, it's eight below. We don't care about your hot weather there in Orange County. Well, before we get really, really into this, one of the things I wanted to bring up is last week we had a podcast where it was our teeny tiny tag. And it was about, it started out because I had a pet peeve. And my pet peeve, we don't need to keep getting into that. So if you haven't listened to it, go listen. But we asked our listeners to come up with or to tell us what some of their pet peeves were. Right. And you guys, a lot of you are really annoyed. You came through. You really came your through. Annoyance. We had to like go through and decide the top ones. And some of them were because we related to them. Mm-hmm. And some of them were... They're just kind of funny. They they are. So So, so let, let me give you the top five. Give them or six. the top five. Okay. First, I'm not going to tell everybody whose name this Don't is. Don't do it. Because you might not want your name revealed. <laughs> Associated but, with it. Um, shopping carts. Yeah. That's this a person problem. said, Why can't people just put the shopping carts back? Nope. They have to leave it by the cars. Yeah. Have no, you ever tried problem. pulling into the, you know, you, you're going It's like, always a problem, especially at that Trader Joe's over there on <laughs> whatever, 17th. Our guest is nodding her head. She's like, oh, it's I know. It's a teeny tiny parking lot. <laughs> it's the worst. It's, yeah. it, it doesn't, it, there's a lot of stuff in that one little stop, that one little place. So shopping carts are a thing. Yeah, they are. They're a thing. The other one was um, when people pour their milk into the bowl before their cereal. Who does that? I don't know. Cereal killers? <laughs> Wow, you're good. Sorry, uh, sorry. Don't don't pander to me. That wasn't good. I have a feeling this could be a husband situation, right? Like she watches her husband pour it in, or her kid. I have been married to you for thirty eight years, and he I am so tired of. If he does it one more time, uh. I'm going to kill him. Um, when people post ads that say this car is for sale, yeah, but they say sell. S-E-L-L. Grammar police. I'm there. I know. I was going to say, I I picked this one because I knew you would love it. I'm there. She is that person that like is looking at people's text messages. Not so much text messages. You used to. Well, yeah, I've kind of lightened up on that. But it's it is. I didn't send that in, by the way, as my pet peeve. It was not hers. But there is stuff like at the salad bar. There's a sign that says, you know, no longer working or something like that. And it's spelled wrong i know i have an issue i do have to say this in southern california there is a lot of bilingual people and sometimes like if you go to the nail shop like it's luxury nail like it's only one nail you know what i mean like i think they're gonna do all of your nails that's but they didn't do a plural (laughs) that's okay (laughs) but that's what happens okay so um clearing throats and spitting loogies 
we're all the faces my two people here are making at me. I it's, had to say it because you've been on the freeway or you've been at a ooh. park. You're parking at a yeah. light, and all of a sudden, the guy in front of you Ew. just you know hops no. one up. It's Mm-mm. disgusting. Nope, nope, nope. It's disgusting. Okay. okay, left lane campers. Yeah, that's bad. In Southern California, the freeways are jammed anyway. But in Southern California, those left lane people that just they they just get right over as soon as they enter the freeway get in that left lane and start going 45 miles an hour 50 yeah, miles an real, hour if you go 65 you're going way too you're slow. going too slow listen people here's the thing if you're in the left far left lane the fast lane if you don't want to go as fast as everybody around you get over to the right they won't do it my husband wants to institute the slap police where we can just pull people over and slap them for being bad drivers <laughs> you know what i want to do i want to in- institute the rotten tomato oh okay like, i want to have this thing that just slingshots out of my car <laughs> and splats this big fat rotten tomato on somebody's car when they're yep. being jerks or mm-hmm. they're doing something stupid no that that driving thing is a justifiable complaint yeah, yeah. so the other one is this is one and i i like this it's it's probably it could be a whole podcast but um people who are inconsiderate just in general yeah like I mean, that that's is just a pet life. peeve. Yeah, I know. I know. That person is, I know that person. You know that person. Everybody in this room knows that person. And it's a good one. But I don't know how you get through life if you. I, I don't know. That can't even be a pet peeve because I. It's a lot every of, day. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a lot of inconsiderate people. So anyway, those were some of the pet peeves. Now, my pet what peeve. What was your pet peeve from last time? My pet peeve from last time was people that need to get back to work. People, we need to work. Yeah. I need my sister needs a assistant in the salon and she can't find anybody yeah. because they're not working. It's through every single industry though. It's it goes through all of them. So, I think it's a perfect segue for our guest today. She gave me the eye roll, but it's true. <laughs> we have the beautiful, talented and very hard working. I mean, I think you're one of the hardest working people I know. Kathy oh, Nielsen is with us. Thank you, Denise. Kathy has been a friend, mm-hmm. a mentor. Mentor. Mm-hmm a teacher a principal a mom a sister a wife what let's what are you not (laughs) a tennis player right i'm not a tennis player (laughs) we we, before we got on air we decided she's not a tennis player and we'll talk about that in just a second but i wanted to have kathy on here for a couple reasons first of all it is october and it's breast cancer awareness month yes it is and you know we want to make sure that everyone keeps the girls healthy yes and you know doing their job Kathy is a breast cancer survivor. Yes. Yes. And so that was one of the reasons yes, we wanted to talk. Absolutely. Now, most of your career has been spent in doing what? I've been in education for, mm-hmm. I retired uh, about two years ago after 34 years. And you t- retired yeah. one year perfectly early. Like I sure did. People <laughs> always ask me, how did you know? Like, <laughs> just psychic, okay? Yeah. <laughs> in my bones. No. Yeah, just lucky. But um, yeah, so I... Yeah, I've done a lot of jobs in education, taught for a long time, was principal, and I retired as a deputy superintendent in Tustin. So, oh, a Tustin school district, Tustin Unified. Tustin Unified. Yeah. Okay, did you yeah. teach in the Tustin school district too? You know, no, I didn't. You I didn't. taught in Irvine Unified. Oh, yeah. okay. So, okay. so you start out. Let's go back to the beginning. How okay. did you decide to be a teacher? Well, I graduated in psychology, which I find is a little bit full circle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what we're going to talk about, yes. but. And I thought, you know, I learned quickly that 
the only thing you can do with a psychology degree is go to graduate school. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, that. So I, I thought, well, I want to be a child psychologist, and so oh. yeah. So I talked to. Um, my father-in-law said, "I'll you can talk to somebody in Irvine Unified. I, I know a guy, you know. So, of course, he knew the business CEO who didn't know any <laughs> business CEO. But he's like, you can't be a child psychologist without being a teacher. And so I, I was 21, and I went, oh, okay. So I'll go get my teaching credential. And, of course, I started teaching, which isn't true, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know. False information right, that you right. were given, yeah. But uh, once I started teaching, I loved it. So What was, grade did you start with? I it was I taught third fourth fifth and sixth grades i was in the classroom about 14 years so wow yeah i wanted to bring that up because i think teachers right now are struggling oh <laughs> and, my gosh. And, and anybody who is thinking about possibly going into early education might be not wanting to do it exactly it has been a great career for you it's been an awesome career for me <laughs> yeah i've loved i've loved it and i mean and i think about it you know, there's not that many careers where you get to learn and grow constantly. And I mean, it made me a better mom. I mean, I know people say, a working mom, you know, there's always drama around that. But for me, it made me a better mom. It made me, you know, I I, I just, it it really um, has been rewarding and enriching in my life. I always thought if I was a teacher, when I came home, my kids would drive me crazy. You know, people always ask you that, but it's not the same thing. (laughs) <laughs> other people's kids right mm-hmm. and and the role of a teacher it, you know you you can have control and respect in a classroom that sometimes you don't have it all <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really yeah. just occasionally yeah, yeah i get it <laughs> so yeah. you know that anyway so and you're you're my kids always went to the elementary school where i taught so you know it was just a really perfect situation That's cool i didn't realize your kids always were at that elementary yeah, school yeah that's good so, you keep an eye on them and yeah and they know you're there yeah it was good they always came to my room after you know they knew we had a little routine they got their homework going and well i finished up and then we went home together yeah. you know we went together and went home together so yeah what do you think good. is the biggest misconception about teachers as far as being especially elementary school teachers what do you think is something that if for parents out there who have small kids what do you think is the biggest misconception or something that maybe they wouldn't think about as a teacher? I think that um, 85, 90% of teachers are incredibly hardworking and selfless. And when, you know, when something happens and parents don't feel like their kid was treated just, you know, right or, you know, all, all the things, I think it's hard sometimes i mean it's just an incredibly high standard parents have Mm -hmm. it really i mean we know each other from from church but we also know each other because kathy was the principal of the elementary school that my kids went to oh oh, was that red hill Uh red hill okay and um red hill was a school that had closed down for many years because there wasn't enough kids to populate better right word right Right. this this neighborhood just didn't have the turnaround of kids so they closed down the school everybody went to another school that was local and when the population started growing and kids started getting into the neighborhood they needed to reopen it and kathy was chosen to be the principal there yeah i got to open it brand new you did which is really fun that's exciting yeah it was really fun it's fun to open a brand new school and get to you know 
work with everybody and hire yeah. the whole staff. How long were you there as principal? Four years. Okay. Yeah. 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 But but Kathy was able, she showed us all, and one of the things that she did was she knew that this community had high standards. <laughs> <laughs> and the beautiful thing about Kathy was she thought, well, I'm going to take you know, I'll take make lemonade out of lemons, right? You know, this is a situation where parents are going to be hard pressed to be happy or they might have a high standard. So I'm just going to utilize what I have, which is the parents themselves. She really let everybody get involved. Mm. And um, I was one of those parents that happened to be able to, on a lot of different occasions, see kind of behind the scenes of what was going mm-hmm. on. There is so much more that goes on in schools than just showing up. Kids Asian. come there at eight o'clock in the morning and mm-hmm. they go home at three and oh, the teachers get to go home. Uh-uh. Yeah. That's not how yeah. it works. Yeah. That's what I mean. I think there's a lot more hard work than, you know, people just see. And not that it's their job to see or know, but, um, you know, I think that would people would be surprised. And I also think that there, as with any profession, mm-hmm. there's a few bad seeds Oh yeah, and they they over they, make it, they yeah yeah it, it's, it make, they make it bad for everybody else definitely yeah. one definitely. of the things I think as parents that is one of the hard things and this is a little bit off on a tangent but it just reminded me of we've had these conversations before on the podcast about parents allowing kids to do hard things or to be in situations where they have to take personal responsibility or that when things aren't perfect it's okay. And I remember one of the the things at the school that just really was always kind of stressful for parents was, what teacher are you going to get? (laughs) That is stressful. Right? It's very stressful. If there's a couple teachers or a teacher or two that might not be as good, and Mm -hmm. I'm saying that in air quotes because, you know, the other teacher could just be as good, but those parents had something going on or, you know, you just don't know what's going on exactly. a parent would want a teacher because... They will come to the kid's birthday party. Ooh, what? They, they couldn't teach reading very well, but they would say, but they'll, you know, make an effort and it'd be so cool, you know? And it's like, you really don't know what you're asking by <laughs> requesting. You know, like it, it just happened all the time. I never took requests, but that didn't mean people didn't give them to me constantly. Sure, sure. Yeah. But that was, Ugh. to me, I, I tried to, because I saw how Kathy, what ha- Kathy had to go through. And I always tried to remember, let's just see how things play out here. Yeah, I... It's funny because I think the biggest um, thing I used to say to a lot of parents at that time was, let's teach the kid to walk the path, not create a new path for them. Let's teach them to walk the path that they're on. You know, don't quit clearing out the boulders. Quit, you know, trying to prevent them from having any consequences. Like, you know, they're in fourth grade and they made a bad decision. Let's just have a fourth grade consequence and be over it you know right instead of fight you know to not have any scorched earth we're gonna go to (laughs) right right yeah we're gonna go to the very nth degree to make sure we it was always interesting to me that you know people would really want to no we you know just try to protect 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 to the detriment of the kid how how much did that psychology degree come into play when you were dealing with parents constantly (laughs) constantly and teachers you know and and kids at times too you know sure sure yeah yeah it um 
Yeah, definitely. It's I good always, background to I always have. laugh because I always thought, well, it served me well. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Did you go on to get a master's degree? I did. Okay. Yeah, edu- in educational in education. leadership. Sure. Mm-hmm. So then after you were you were a teacher, then you were principal for four years, then where did your career take well, you? Well, I was a principal for seven years because oh. my first principalship was at a Title I school in, in Tustin. Oh, it was. And then I... Uh, was tapped to open Red Hill. So same job title, but totally different jobs. Sure. (laughs) Totally different demographic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so, but it was awesome because I felt like I really got a understanding of what public, you know, of all kind of facets of public education. That was interesting. I remember when you came over to Red Hill from there, that title one school, some of the stuff that you would have to deal with on this side it seems so irrelevant and so it was s- silly it, almost. Yeah. I I really it took me a little while to catch my stride there because I felt like really like do they need we? me here right yeah and I remember uh, Courtney being uh, Ketty yeah being Ketty said yeah. Kathy wealthy people need good principles too <laughs> I was like oh okay, man okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, sorry. Yeah. Kids are kids. And actually, the kids were the common thing. Like, kids were kids, you know, everywhere. Exactly. And that that was... Learning is learning, yeah. right? And, and good teaching and is... And good teaching is good teaching. good teaching. Yeah, so... But that was funny. I remember her really sitting me down and going, come on. <laughs> you know? And, you know, and of course she's right. A, a well-run school is important anywhere you, anywhere you are. Yeah, so what is the secret to building community, I think, is the, the question. You know, um... I think it's such an interesting question right now because this was, you know, 20 years ago, right? Right. I mean, I'm bringing it up because of what's going yeah, on right now. Yeah. So um, it's how do you get people to understand the greater good over their own needs, which is not an s- easy trick, especially when people are, you know, their kids are their first and m- most highest, you know, important thing, of which I, I get. but. Um, how do you build it? How do you get people to see that um, together we're stronger than individual interests? And, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I, I mean, I don't, this, pro- this isn't the topic for tonight, but I, I mean, if I pay my taxes, so why aren't the schools better? Or why aren't they independent? You know, a, a few years ago, I haven't looked in the last year or two, but when I retired, California was funded 47th in the state and so right you know it, you're making it work on a wing and a prayer and it's woefully un, un, underfunded um and teachers are paid well in california which i which they are but um you know also the cost of living is higher and there's you know there's a lot of reasons for that so it, it's just if you look at per pupil expenditures it it it's it's duct tape and it really is you know pencil grinds and and it's really like how do you what i mean well you saw behind the curtain oh gosh it and tustin is a very special place because of a community that supports the schools in a lot of ways not only with their time but you know with the bonds they've passed and even even in a place like tustin so when i was the deputy superintendent we went one-to-one based on a bond that was passed you know what does that mean when every child has device, a, a oh, iPad or computer. Oh, oh got okay. it. They're got not it. sharing. No. They, okay. It's checked we, out This is them. before us. We, yeah. We didn't have that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the last five years, so every mm-hmm. every child, is it's checked out like a textbook. So mm-hmm. so they were able to 
pivot in in the last year or 18 months ago in about a week, you know, because kids wow. already had devices. Right. And so where our neighbors in Santa Ana, those kids didn't have devices or Wi-Fi access right. or teachers didn't know how to teach online. Like, so, in, you know, the poor get poorer. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, no, what, exactly. that's the results of the pandemic. And, and again, it's that community of if, if we have big pockets of high poverty, well, crime goes up like it's it's not good for anybody you know right. so i don't know i don't i'm community is important community is important yeah and yeah. everybody um benefits for when you have a strong community yeah i think the school itself for us in this area in my little neighborhood and the neighborhood's fairly large because it encompasses kind of a big spot area but most of us could walk there or ride a bike mm-hmm. it changed our community when that school opened Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it really did because kids could um you know play on the playground and linger a little bit or walk to a neighbor's house for you know play date date. or parents would walk their kids to school and then chat and you know we used to have coffee with the principal because i because the parents would just be there anyway and so i thought (laughs) well let's just make it a meeting you know because they would just be visiting and Uh i'd be like we have to start school, guys. Yeah, <laughs> if I could get them into the into the multi, then yeah. they'd talk to you know. We'd ask questions, or you know, it was a great time to just chat. But then we could start school. But you know, yeah. I mean, it was yeah. it was awesome. It was a neat. It was a neat. There were a lot of great things. You know, yeah. there is something though also to just feeling like you're being heard as a parent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Maybe I'm coming into your office and I'm griping to you about yeah. something, but I don't necessarily need it to change. I just need it to be noted. You know, and I think that right. coffee with the principal yeah. is a great way to accomplish that on a large yeah. scale. Yes. You know, I got 18 of you people here. Right, right. Let's hear it, you know. Well, and they knew that. Um, and I also, it was a big deal. And, you know, to be uh, like, you might think parking lot duty, you know, is beneath you. But no way. That was golden time. Because I could be welcoming kids to school, saying hi to them. But always a parent, in, rather than stewing on something and it getting bigger and more unmanageable, we could just talk about it, right? You know, and and they knew where to find me. They like they. She was available it, it, all the you know, time. People, I just you know that that served me as well as anybody because we could get things, we could do that. We could hear people and get things, you know, solve problems before they got to be so emotionally charged and so Isn't bad. Isn't that a oh, good yeah. concept for right now? Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. everything in this world, yeah. Let's just talk about it now before yeah. it gets out of hand. Yeah, and just. Like conversation, you have a yeah. conversation. Yeah, yeah. my conversation. son went to Santiago Middle School oh, yeah. in Orange Unified, and um, the year he got there, they had a new principal, Jim Diagostino, mm-hmm. and it's a charter school. And that principal was out at the corner every morning with a stop sign, moving traffic along. Everybody knew him. There's something about putting a face to the leader, mm-hmm. and he, you know, he handled he handled whatever the problem was at that school, and it was always. Right. Positive. Yeah. Because people knew, oh, that's a principle. Yeah. I can, you know, yeah. you're not hiding behind something. Right. And I think that's sometimes <laughs> bad leadership. I Completely. Yeah. And, and, you know, on the same token, people have, principals, teachers have never been blasted like they have in the last, you know, It's terrifying. As a former teacher myself, yes. I'm like, uh-oh. It's horrifying. Yeah. It's the, yeah. just the civility. Like, I mean... Teachers like I, I teach in a master's program for Hope International for in educational leadership, uh-huh. and 
they, you know, so I have students that are teachers aspiring to be administrators, and it's just like the civility that, you know, the, the lack it's of gone. civility. Yeah, that, it's and, gone. And schools always reflect the community that they're in, always. And so, isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, you know, it's interesting. I took a job about three weeks ago subbing at one of our middle schools as oh. the principal for about three weeks. Just, you did? Oh. just because the school needed some help and the principal had some and health you thought, issues. Why and, not? and I thought, how hard could it be? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. I hate TikTok. I can, oh, I can, what? I was there for all of that craze. I, you know, it just, it goes on. I could tell you, I, I, this isn't the topic that we're here for. But don't, I don't care. It, I want to hear your TikTok yeah. stories right now. <laughs> we're trying to figure out TikTok, but oh you know. my gosh. Anyway, and what? just what they're dealing with. I, I feel like people, if you could have a front row seat for an hour, you would be writing, you know, you would back off you would be writing checks and bringing gift baskets like, <laughs> to, the, to the teachers yeah or to everybody everybody in administrators the everybody and and the classified staff and the custodians like what's going the on custodians right now who are disinfecting between yeah. every oh, class and yes. I, I mean I can't even tell you and then then two kids test positive and I have a teacher crying in my office because she's her at-risk mother lives with her and now am I bringing home I mean these are real heavy emotional things that they're dealing with every day every day day. and it's tough it's really really hard not to mention the maturity of kids not having been in school for two years the remediation that is going on that's what worried me so much it's it's like harder 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 harder. I mean we'll get through it Mm -hmm. and there are great people doing it but it is hard work right now junior high was already hard it was already hard it's harder when you're it's harder when you're the last time your sixth graders were in school they were fourth graders (gasps) and when your eighth graders who are supposed to be the leaders of the school the last time they saw each other (laughs) or they were little silly sixth graders and so there's no there's none of that you know esprit de corps of upperclassmen like because and they they are tired and and they're doing anything to impress and connect with each other because and they're wearing masks to do it and they can't see each other's smiles and yeah yeah and it's just everything you know it's funny because inside the school the masks are the least of the troubles Mm -hmm. let me tell you the kids really really, the kids don't care (laughs) and and they don't even like when i you know you're at snack walking the campus and you know they they forget and so sometimes you just go like you know mm-hmm. and oh okay like they don't there's i didn't have any fights with that at all but it's everything else it's the day-to-day of everything else you were talking about you transitioned you are now doing a principal you were doing a three-week principal yeah it, that was a temporary thing just to help right. out but yeah so you went from that you were a educator and then you went into being a principal from the principal you went to be working in the school offices district office district, right. district yeah. office mm-hmm. what what made you decide to go from that to to transition to that well um i loved being at the school site and i loved the kids but i saw that um the principals weren't getting the support that they needed mm-hmm. and i could see and i had colleagues you know i mean we'd all call each other for different things but I felt like there needed to be more leadership and support at the district level. And so when I had the opportunity and I made that complaint 
um, to the superintendent, and he said, well, why don't you do it? And so <laughs> careful that's, what, that's what, what I wish for. I kind of yeah. felt like, oh, okay, I have to. But so it was hard. While it was hard to leave the school site. Um, it was really hard to see her leave. Yeah, it, was, it was tricky, you know, because I'm like, oh, wait, no. But, but you can't say, you know, like, again, like greater good. Like right. you can't say everybody else should do it, you know, <laughs> without right. you being willing to do it. That's so, right. So anyway, so that's what I did. How long were you in that position? So I moved to the director of elementary ed, and then I was promoted to assistant soup and then deputy soup. So I was I was there for about 20 years. All <gasps> soup means superintendent for those who might not know the, the, that's lingo. the lingo. Yeah. So yeah. 20 years outside the classroom yes, yes. in sort of administration yes, at the district level. Wow. Yeah. You've reinvented so. yourself already, and we're just up to the, you yeah. know, how many times? I mean, right. you, yeah. So well, it's a learning profession, and if I've, you know, if you learn anything, it's that I, you got to keep learning. That's and true. Growing. That's really true. Do. So you so. left that position how many years ago as the About deputy? Two years ago. Two years mm-hmm. ago. Okay. While she was in that position, though, mm-hmm. she found out that yeah. she had breast cancer. Yeah. I had a big detour, um, you know. Yeah that you don't expect and um so it was in 20 it was in november of 2016 and you know routine mammogram right i mean i and you know here's the plug yeah. everybody every get your mammogram every yeah. year this yeah. was in 2016 yeah i was in november so okay. almost, november, 2017. almost 2017 yeah. okay so then um you know and i i was good about getting a physical every year and um it was just before Thanksgiving, and I, you know, I got a call saying you got to come back. It it's irregular, but it's I'm sure it's nothing, you know. So just come, and it'll be no big deal. Oh, I don't, I'm busy. My kids are coming for Thanksgiving. I can't, you know. Well, just just come, and we'll make it really quick, and just get this off our you know worry list. Okay, okay. So I really had no I have no history of that in the family. I've no you know. Okay. I mean, really, it was a nuisance, but I did it. And, you know, the the technician is like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, this is happens. And no, I'm sure it's going to be. And all of a sudden she goes silent. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this isn't good. <laughs> Should I be calling somebody? You know? yeah. She's like, oh, let's talk to the radiologist. You know, like, so they came back and said, well, you need a biopsy. And this isn't, you know. Was there, could, was there a lump? Could you feel anything? No. It was strictly from the mammogram. So let me, I don't mean to get technical, but you had like a regular mammogram and then what? You had like a 3D? Mm-hmm. They followed up with a 3D mammogram. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to, okay, now we're biopsying. And then we do a biopsy. So okay. this was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and Ugh. then Friday was the biopsy scheduled. What? And five days later, the next Friday, I was in a chemo chair. So <gasps> it happened super fast. And oh. I just, um, you know, and the treatment was about eight months. And so <sighs> I... I, you know, working and, you know, being a leader in an organization that has, you know, 1,500 employees, and I was pretty much, you know, they knew my name from emails, you know, video, welcome back to the 850 teachers, like, being pretty noted, notable, and in a profession where 85% of them are women, I felt like Mm -hmm. I have to be, even though I'm (laughs) totally a private person, with this, I felt like I had to be public about it. So, yeah. for so, the greater good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Really. Right. I mean, it really yeah, is. Because mm-hmm. really, if out of all those women, if 
if it saves somebody, you know, great. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, so I made a public, you know, it wasn't public to the public, but to the organization, yeah. you know, and I called my principals in and, you know, just said, I'm taking a leave and this is why. And that was really hard to, yeah. to do that. And, and it was really hard. Like I felt like, you know, this disease, like took the legs out from under you, you know, like, yeah. you know, I'm doesn't happen to you. It happens to somebody else. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. You're healthy. Like, I mean, I was, you, I, know? you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah. That's why we wanted to talk about it too, yeah. because we all think it's going to happen to somebody else. Right. One in seven women in Orange County. Wow. One in seven women. So, I mean, that's pretty that, those are horrific, right? I mean, if you said, okay, I'm driving over to Hogue Hospital from here. There's a one in seven chance I'm going to get in an accident. You wouldn't get in the car. You would never get in the car. Right. That's crazy. I didn't know the number was that high. Yeah, it is. But it's also the most... Uh, highly funded cancer and yes. they've made huge um strides in it yes. and so it's not the death sentence it used to be right in fact one of the first things my oncologist told me that was so helpful was um if somebody everybody will want to talk to you about their story or their cousin or their brother or what you know what yes. everybody yeah but if their story isn't five years recent Don't if it's listen. more than five years ignore it and oh my god that because that's how quickly that's the field he said the field has completely changed and so um that was such good advice and um, he also said don't get on google for any reason <gasps> and, and google is not and your he friend. said i will answer any question you have and he did i mean you know he i could email him in the middle of the night and he'd send me the article that answered the question I had really? or whatever it was. Yeah, he was What awesome. hospital was he with? Hogue. He was through Hogue? Mm-hmm. They have a huge breast cancer center down yeah. there. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So when you first diagnosed, you're first diagnosed, and it's a shock. The Completely. Friday after Thanksgiving, your family is there. I know. And you had to then go home, and you had to wait. When did they give you the results after they biopsied? Um, at the biopsy, oh. they said, get your head around this because did you have was your husband with you he came to the oh that's good like I figured it out after that gal went silent I was like I can't do this by myself what did I bring here (laughs) you know yeah like suddenly it was like because I just think because because I never thought this would happen in a million years so yeah so he came to the biopsy with me and to every appointment afterwards and that's awesome so you had chemotherapy and radiation did you have a mastectomy what I did I had a lumpectomy I had chemo then I had the lumpectomy then I had radiation wow I had it all yeah so how many months was that total it was about eight months it was eight months Mm -hmm. all together yeah I mean I lost all my hair you know like I did all of it you know I and people have different treatments but that's because there's also like 12 different kinds of breast cancer and so and and depending on your hormones and different like they they really tailor the the thing to you you know mm-hmm. so, your treatment is you, yeah you get to choose the treatment that works best for who you are right and and I mean and your DNA and who what kind of cancer you have and so it doesn't um you know and but that's the other thing that's kind of funny is you know everybody has an idea of what you should do like and you know, people go, I wouldn't do radiation for six weeks. I wouldn't let them do that to me. I'm like, okay. I would just so, cut them off. I would right. get rid I of know. them. You know, people just know. are so insensitive. So you just have to. Everyone's I, got an opinion yeah, and they feel yeah, free yeah, to yeah. give it to you. Exactly. Oh. And share your 
medical treatment (laughs) yeah that must be rough as someone who's who's pretty private to have something like that it was Mm -hmm. it it was because also i i'm kind of gotten over this but you know i'm a people pleaser right i try to you know we all are i think yeah you know but i had to learn to say because people really are self-centered and so (laughs) they need to tell you or they want you to help them feel better about your diagnosis or they need to tell you about their sister's experience of her neighbor i have i have six sisters so and of course when this happened everybody's like oh my gosh and i i told them i'm not even talking to you until you get your mammogram because none of them were current on that (gasps) and so and it's I, a thing. I hung up on him. Like, really, I, and they were like, but I want to talk. I'm like, I'm nope. sorry. I won't talk to you until you do it. So they all did it within a few <laughs> Wow. Some tough love from Kathy. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But, mm. but, you know, I, I feel really, really strongly about, you know, just taking care of yourself. Has anyone else in your family? Six sisters. I had no idea. Yeah. There's seven women, girls, girls in yeah. your family. Yeah. Any boys? No. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Did how, Since then, has anyone else in your family been diagnosed with any form of breast cancer? No. That's crazy. No. I know. I now, know. It really came out of left field. And you did radiation. Yeah. My, my dad had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh. Uh-huh. And it was, the tumor was located sort of in his neck and jaw area. That was where the radiation went. Is that the same principle? It's very pinpointed. It is. It's, you know, a computer, like, oh. measured. And they, you lay on the exactly, well, this form, the pillow that they make for your body. And then you're in the exact same place. And then they put it it's just pinpointed right to where the tumor was how many treatments six weeks it was six, every day every day for six weeks five days a week five days a week every day for that's six serious weeks. yeah wow it, they weren't messing around no it was you know it, it was yeah no we weren't kidding was that an aggressive form of cancer once they were able to get the cancer out really look at it is was it something based on hormones or what i know they kind of split it, those up into different categories yeah it was a hormone fed cancer it was yeah and so i mean i didn't it, even know cancer there was that, that fed yeah. on hormones and so um and it was in my lymph nodes too so did they remove lymph nodes yeah as well? they did seven of them i think yeah. underarm mm-hmm. yeah wow yeah so it they you know it was and i i it was if i'm remembering right i think it was like a stage two so it it, you know even though i i had a man every year i remember so every year it's not like it was five years and you know had gone crazy so yeah so um it 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 had it was growing pretty fast i guess i mean I, I don't know if they would call it fast or not. But well, I'm sorry, to, but the six weeks me, of radiation, yeah, yeah. it says to me that they're concerned yeah, and they yeah. need to kill it immediately. Yeah, they and they want to be sure they got it. That's what they keep saying. So. Right. How often are you going back and getting checked now that you're how many years out? Say yeah, five years so out? so next month, I, I always love November because I have all of the scans, everything again. And so I'm hoping for three months clear. Yeah, so, and they'll do that for five years and then we'll see. And still i'm on a little bit of daily chemo oh okay uh, like they that you have to take for five years which is not not fun but it's i guess would be worse to have cancer so yes it would <laughs> You'll be do what you it's need better to do. than having cancer yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. so wow yeah so uh, yeah. How, how do you how do you go from you go in you have your mammogram 
and then all of a sudden within a couple of days you find out you have cancer yeah your life and, has changed and your life has changed how do you approach moving forward with that i mean how did you find it within yourself to, to move forward i mean first of all you got to tell your kids and their family yeah that was the worst part yeah and and at first you feel like i can do hard things and i'm fine i'm just gonna fight this fight that you know i'm just gonna you're take, a fighter yeah you can do this you're strong you can do anything i do hard things all the time right. no problem and then it gets really hard <laughs> you know and so it's it's just i don't know i I like you said I I want to talk to you about how you went through this I'm like I don't know how you just do it like you know yeah you just take it a day at a time you I was super um fortunate to have support like so I was in charge of the educational services department in the district which is in charge of running the schools and so it's a, the biggest department and you know has you know, professional development, discipline, like everything, it got, comes in that department. All encompassing. Yeah, so, and I just work with really amazing people who, um, I, I'm telling you, every single day for eight months, call them, I, I called the superintendent, you need to go over there and tell them to stop it, this is too much, they're busy, it's enough that they're running the department, you know, <laughs> yeah. don't, please, you know, I, and then I, you know, I'd call my people and go, seriously, don't make me come down there no more, and they just didn't stop, and it was just amazing, and my family was super supportive, too, and um, my kids, you know, would come and take turns, you know, when I, because you, you go, you have chemo and then you wait three weeks and then you have the next round and you wait three weeks. And yeah. so they, when I'd have a round, a, a different kid would come over. Would, mm -hmm. So it was super big lesson to learn how to um, not only be served, but to open yourself up to love. Because th that's all that was, was love yeah. everywhere. And, and you know, the church family was so sweet too. Um, you know, so it would that was a big that was a cool lesson because I think my mode is you know head down and work and you know everything's fine right right <laughs> and and so it was cool to you know really literally be laying around because you're just so tired and right. wiped out but you know, to hear that doorbell ring one more time. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, and they would never let me catch them, you know, I mean, I was kind of slow, but still, you <laughs> they know, were they would, running. yeah, they were always trying and they would, and they did, they did it all anonymously too. Like they created a little, um, a little, uh, logo and, Aww. and it just said, you know, from med services, you know, it was a little sunshine and, and they just, so they never, like no one took credit for anything. They just, did it and it was just unbelievable it was like it was a good lesson too in how to give service it really is i think being served is hard i was just gonna say that it's we hard. i mean we are accustomed to just from sort of background and church culture and all that that you just serve and you don't even think about right. it you you stay and you pick up the chairs at the end of the night exactly. and you don't expect to thank you you just do it but to, to be sort of in a situation that you were in where you're you're helpless you're yeah. laid out on that couch yeah. Yeah. and people are serving you you have to accept that service how humbling it was humbling yes that is the thing and and it, the other thing that was humbling was, you know, a lot of not being able to work was a big blow kind of, because sure. you know, a lot of your identity is wrapped up in yes. that and, and plus your lifestyle and everything yeah, else. Right. But, um, it, more than that, like I, 
you just felt so weakened that like I had like insecurity that I'd never had before <laughs> you know oh, yeah. like I never felt insecure in my life but I really certainly did during that time. Do you like, think because you were so vulnerable? I think so. And I and plus you're, you know, you have that fuzzy chemo brain. So I would say something and I would, I could tell it wasn't like an intelligent like <laughs> response. And I'd be like, hey, oh that my sounds gosh, like me. That and I'm not even, <laughs> what? You know, like, no, I didn't mean that. You know, like, or I'd have trouble, you know. So it was just weird, you know, like it was uh, like, so it, it took a lot to go to church, but I felt like I had to do it. I couldn't just hide, you know? Right, so yeah. um, You were there. I was there. I went. You, you know? had your scarf on? Yeah. Bald little head. I went. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. She's a warrior. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. She's a warrior. Mm-hmm. So you go through this, you go through this challenge and you talk about how people reacted and, and, and did it. So if any of us are going to be put in that position where we have a loved one that has been diagnosed with any kind of cancer or any kind of illness what would you say would probably be the best way to approach people and we know Um, what not to do yeah i would i would really practice your listening Mm -hmm. and your empathetic questions that advice are just because you need to hear what they have to say about this. It's not important what you have to say. And people always say, well, I don't want to talk to them because I don't know what to say. Right. Well, luckily, that's not important. <laughs> it's not important <laughs> what you, you say. Have to say. Well, that's the <laughs> best <laughs> advice I think I've gotten in like years. That's so great. Whatever you have to say isn't that it important, It really doesn't matter. No, I mean, that's absolutely true. <laughs> okay, I didn't mean it like that. But no, I, you know, thank I, you for saying what yeah. we've all been feeling. Yeah. Right. No, but I, I, think, I think that it, 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 it could it could relate to just so many things, right? Totally. I mean, it doesn't just have to be an illness. It can be a, a, an awkward situation or, you know, I mean, we're all put in these situations where we always think we have to be the ones to save the day or come come, come up, up to the with challenge. that great perfect advice and what right. you really don't. Like and well, and you know, we try to control the situation so that we feel better, right? Yeah. And it's not that, about us. And and really like mourn with those who mourn like oh yeah that's great you know what i mean like no yeah i mean really like some of the most compassionate interactions i had were people who just hugged me and teared up and walked away and Mm -hmm. because i felt like oh they They get it they get it yeah they feel bad and i feel bad and i feel bad too (laughs) but but at least you felt seen you know so yeah and you know the the worst thing is to you know people would say Oh, you know, like try to run over it, like brush over it. Oh, it's no big deal. What uh, everybody goes, you know, well, you know, I don't know. People would say crazy, crazy things. I, I, I don't even remember because I chose not to. But at the time I, I said, I think I want to do a fifth Sunday lesson on how not to. I wish you interact would. with people okay. who are grieving or who are <laughs> yeah, ill or yeah, who like, are. We really have a problem. You know? <laughs> As a society, yeah. we do. Do you have any, really I, I'm going to put you on the spot because mm-hmm. I don't really expect you to remember this, but were there ever, were there a few people throughout this time that you can recall who came up to you and, and said the right thing? And if so, what, what was that? Um, you know, mostly, mostly it's just the compassion that, you know, they would say, I am so sorry you're going through this, you know, and, yeah. and just, what can I do? Yeah. Give you a hug or. And, and not even what can you do, because I'd say, I don't know. Right. But they would say, I'm going to drop off a pot of soup, or I 
you know, I have a, a DVD I think you'd love, you know, or yeah. like, like they would think of something, even if it wasn't the right thing, it was easier to, you know, say thanks. And maybe I wouldn't read that book or, you know, right. but, um, you know, that they gave me, but at least it, you know, they wanted, they were trying, you know, I felt like it, you could feel the sincerity of what sure. they wanted to okay. do. And sure. that, that was helpful. And, but really the compassion meant more, you know, I, like when you say, what can you remember? I, I can remember those people. You can be sincere, okay. be compassionate. <sighs> yeah. It's not about you. It's not about you. I mean, that's, those are good. Those are three good things to remember. Yeah. And just, just in general, in life. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> everybody. This could be our pet peeve. This is it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for being vulnerable yeah. here because, yeah. it, I, you know, I, I, we, we know a lot, unfortunately, we know a lot of people in our circles that have had breast cancer. I know. And trying to talk about it is not easy. It's not. And I really... Um, you know, when you called, I hung up the phone and went, whoa, I really don't want to do that. Aww. But I do feel p- passionately that if, like I said, I don't, if one person, you know, says to their friend, go get your mammogram, you know, from, and if it helps one person, then it's worth That's worth it. It's worth it. No, it is. Well, I also think I want women to, and men, to understand the stigma doesn't have to be there, right? This is something that we need to all literally embrace. Save the tatas is a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. Right? Like, let's just make this mainstream enough that we talk about it, and and it's a thing. You know, yesterday, uh, my grandson Peter plays on this baseball little league team, and I went to his game yesterday. And they're all wearing pink socks. I'm like the little league team, the nine year olds. I was like, and he's like showing me them. You oh, know, like, grandma! Did you see? I'm, I'm like, thank you. And they're nine. I just thought that was so sweet. I mean, it is so sweet. You know, they don't really was, get it exactly, no, but they well, kind he of knows. do. He knows. He knows. What knows. It is. But yeah. now they will because it's just something they're growing up with, which yeah. is this is important. Yeah. I'm so yeah. glad. Self care. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was just so. Self-care. I thought, wow, that's kind of you know cool that. I mean, they had to at some surface level maybe explain what yeah. it was and in the little boys who were willing to wear pink socks bright right. pink socks well you know? if y'all put them on then it's okay yeah you exactly know. yeah oh that's so, so awesome that's really cute so so kathy has we've talked about your earlier life and let's just yeah. get up to kind of present day okay talk so about you, reinventing yourself yeah, i mean I breast mean, cancer survivor and now yeah so here's the here's the thing when to kind of a, to continue with the story it was super important to me to get back to work. Right. And I fought hard to do that. But I was like, no way, I'm getting back. But the minute I got back, I just <laughs> realized, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. <gasps> so it was weird, you know. So I then, you know, so I was back for maybe a year and then retired at the end of that year. Yeah. And so... um what is it? When, I mean, when you say I realized I didn't want to do this anymore, it certainly wasn't about your coworkers or anything no, no. like that. Oh, no. Wasn't what even about was the job. it? It really wasn't even about the job. It was that I, and also as far as jobs go, it was a pretty meaningful job, yes. you know, in, impacting education. But I just felt like there's something different for me. And, and the way I can explain it, now so so i did retire and i had been kind of looking again around the corner what what's next for me what do i want to do and i um 
came across life coaching and so I and I started a I retired and then started a program a year-long certification program so um, and then started my own business so that's what I'm doing now and what I can tell you is for being so many years at a systems level thinking of how do I you know how does this system work for people and how do we yeah how do we do processes how do we you know management like a big organization it's so fun to be Mm one-on-one and so it's like it's it's a form I mean I don't think fourth grade teaching fourth grade again would be that fun but at this stage in my life but coaching feels like teaching and it feels like impacting just an individual and it just is fulfilling so what explain exactly what a life coach does what are your responsibilities why do we need a life coach so um well that's a good question (laughs) because i would i have heard it said everybody needs a life coach because our brain and our thinking has such incredible impact on our results and so not um and life coaches create awareness in that they create awareness of your beliefs they create uh, how those beliefs impact the results you're getting in your life what you know what you're doing what you're thinking um even it's it's more than just positive psychology it's it's more practical than that it's kind of how do you move forward how do you want to move forward and life coaching helps you become a kind of an emotional adult (laughs) so so you know like an emotional emotional childhood which we all have some of that in us i'm it's the baggage are you talking about baggage that we bring no i'm talking about when something goes wrong or something's hard like emotional childhood is when you blame it on your circumstances or on Mm -hmm. other people or this this is what happened or it's their fault and emotional adulthood recognizes that circumstances are always neutral and you get to choose how you respond mm. and react and that's what uh, life coaching is in a nutshell wow i wish everyone got life coaching oh my gosh me it, too <laughs> <laughs> that'd be good so you it took you a year i, I didn't realize that you had to have a certification you, you don't but i did <laughs> thank <laughs> you no you don't no I, I so there's people who are life coaches and i say that in air quotes and they don't have certifications right what is a certification like? It's what? an unregulated field. Anyone, you could be a life coach. You could be, like we could. You could. Everybody could say, "I'm a life coach." Boom, hang your shingle and go. Well, but and they put you through some sort of training and education. I, guidelines. I wanted a certification yeah. just because, I, you know, I just. Well, I, you, I think it's teaching. You know, like yeah, yeah you, I just you can't just throw anybody in it. I know? would be afraid of not going to someone who had been somewhat. You, I would learned. I would <laughs> something. <laughs> I would really hope people who are seeking life coaching do a little research on the people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, oh. I hope, you know. I stood next to a lady in line at a Christmas party this about 10 years ago. We were waiting for the bathroom and we were at this very posh Christmas That's... party in Newport Coast. And she was very chatty. And, and I said, what, what do you do? And she said, I'm a life coach. And her eyes were looking two different directions. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, who goes to you? Yeah. Wow. Are they paying you? Yeah. yeah I mean, are you doing it for free? Is it, does it work? I mean, it, I mean, that's the kind of person I'm like, who totally. goes to that? So yeah. if I hire you as a life coach, mm-hmm. do, what's like, just give me an example of maybe like straight out the gate, this is what life coach Kathy will want to talk to me about. Well, first of all, I, you have to come saying, this is what I want to work on. So what would that be? An exa- give me an example of what someone wants to work on in their life. Maybe they're feeling stuck in a career. Maybe oh. they're feeling mm-hmm. um, 
like their relationships with all of their kids are horrible. Or okay. Uh-huh. Maybe um, not me. I didn't say. Oh, no, 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 like no. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> she raises her. Yeah. Hand. I know people. <laughs> <laughs> I know people. Or um, I, you know, just life coached with a woman that no one knows here, yeah. um, who whose husband has um, really debilitating uh, neurological disease, and so you know, it's she's not showing up for him the way she wants to, and so, oh. but she can't get over the anger, you know? So, so it's, okay, how are we going to work through, how, do, how are you going to be the person you want to be, you know, in this horrible circumstance, right? But, right. Um, so, I mean, weight loss, like you, anything, you know, so there, anything that somebody wants to take um, charge of is, right. is really how it works. For me, you know, they always, the niche that I have is, you know, women who are juggling high impact careers, family, and they're working pretty hard and not feeling a lot of joy. And For so, sure. I can see that. Yeah. So I think that happens all the time. So many women. And I feel like I was there. Like, I, you yeah. know, y- y- you, know you put in your 50 there. hours a week and you go, or 60, and you go, oh. okay, it's the weekend. And then Sunday night comes and you do it all again. You know, it, right. it's just... And so how do you find a little more joy and a little more space to, yeah. you know, to, to process how you feel about things and to be conscious and aware of what's happening. So, and, and you said that you kind of give people more practical advice rather than a therapist who's sort of like digging in. Yeah. You give them practical advice, like help with maybe scheduling or what does that look like? What does practical advice look like? It's really examining their thoughts and breaking it down, breaking down how their thoughts are impacting things so so let me give you an example of that so there's a model that we use i was i was certified by life coach school brooke castillo created this model so Uh she'll the first line in the model are your circumstances so i'm just going to give you something silly but just for an example right so my husband never takes out the trash when i ask him to okay okay my thought is hypothetically that never happens hypothetically right why would that happen my thought is he doesn't love me because if he did he would do that, right? I mean, because I've asked him a correct. thousand times. <laughs> right, right. And my friend and I get together and we both have this problem. And so it's clear that, you know. <laughs> Neither one of our husbands right, love us. Right, very much. Oh. So so that's your thought. My husband, no, doesn't love me very much. So then from that, um, that feeling caused, you know, anger from anger so your thoughts are the things that really cause how you feel other mm-hmm. people can't cause your feelings that's true it's only your own thinking right so then but we like to blame others i know it's real easy <laughs> he's made me mad he has made me <laughs> are mad. you kidding <laughs> fault. I, how many times has a kindergarten teacher said you go apologize to so-and-so because you hurt their feelings <laughs> exactly like, we've I been taught like that we've been taught that right mm-hmm. and i'm like oh we, that's not possible but anyway <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Anyway, live and learn. Yeah. Um, so then when from that place of anger, what do you do? Well, you give them the cold treatment. You huff and puff. You go buy something to get back at it. But, you know, you start creating all of this thing, which the result that you're creating is not a very loving relationship with your husband. Right. And he doesn't even know. He had nothing to do with it. This was all you. And so when you say, what do you do? What is the practical thing? You start really taking thoughts i mean we have a ten thousand thoughts a day so it's not like you're taking every thought but in pivotal moments around whatever it is you're working on 
start looking at the thoughts and throwing them into this model and seeing what you're creating for yourself. And is that what you want to be creating for yourself? Because as the ultimate creators, right, in our divine roles as yeah. creators, right. we're really creating all of this, all of this life. And, and I, I, for me, it's also where free agency comes. Like I never understood free agency, but I feel like this has helped me understand our right to choose. Like we really do have a lot more choice in, in our response. So it's, it's really fun. And sometimes I'll coach people for 12 weeks or sometimes, you know, they'll do um, six weeks and then maybe take a break for six weeks and then come back for six. Like, it's just, you know, just to help people. And it's kind of with what, the, what works for them, what they want. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. see people in person or are you doing it on Zoom? It's all Zoom. Yeah. Right now it's all Zoom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it can always you know, be. Through the Life Coach School, it always has been. Oh, They've been cool. using Zoom for oh, from the 15 get. years. Yeah. yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. So I do have clients all over the United States. Oh, that's, really? Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, which is About fun. how many clients do you have? Well, it, it, it varies. They, yeah, yeah, it varies because they roll on and roll off. And, right. You know, but in this last year, I've probably... I have probably 40 clients. 40? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not all at once. I don't, No, but yeah. at different times. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. how much time do you give a certain... Is it an, is it an hour? Hour, hour it's session? 50 minutes, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, fascinated. Like, I can't get my yeah. head around it. That's I love so it. great. I feel yeah. like everything Kathy did prior to this has built up to a place where this is the perfect job yes. for Yes. The other kind of big distinction between life coaching and, like, counseling, because mm-hmm. um, I will tell people, and if they're dealing with serious depression, or th- there are things that you need right. to go to a counselor for, you and I'm do, yes. and a psychologist, and I'm not that, you right. know, and I don't right. pretend to be. So, life coaching deals with what moving forward. It doesn't. We don't go into your what childhood happened? or your right. past or anything. We do examine sometimes beliefs that you hold currently that are impacting your results in life, sure. but. But, you know, so who told you that? You know, like, we don't, it, it's not that. It's, right. it's moving forward. <laughs> right. Yeah. The the way I, the best explanation I heard once was, um, you know, if you break your arm, you go to a doctor, right? You get it fixed. You get it, you know, set and yeah. you go to a doctor. But if you want to develop some strong muscles, you go to a coach, mm-hmm. you know? So emotionally, if you're trying to look for some strength emotionally and mm-hmm. some resilience as you're moving through your life, you go to, you can, a life coach can do it, you know, where yeah. if you are sick, if something's really wrong, you need to go to a doctor. You right. Know? Yeah. So that's yeah. a great analogy. Yeah. It really is. You, uh, are the majority, sorry, I just completely interrupted Denise. No. The majority of your clients women? Yeah. I'll, I, well, I have coached a man once, but all, everybody's women. Yeah. Really? And I, I advertise for women. Like I, because I feel like I can relate and understand yeah, women. Yeah. And I love men. I'm not, that's not, no. you know, I'm not opposed to life coaching men. But I just, you know, like a mom talks about all of the, like I can totally relate. Or a grandma, you know, yeah. I can, I, I, I can relate. Or a working woman, I can totally relate, you know. It's fascinating. So I, I feel like I'm a better match sure. for, for yeah. a woman. Exactly. Have you ever had any parents tell you that they need you to work with their kids? I have had parents ask me that, and I've said no because it. Now, if their kid contacts me, I mean, sure. yeah, <laughs> you can't life coach somebody against that their doesn't will. Want on behalf of <laughs> like, someone else. If I yeah. send them to you, will you fix them? Can you please it, totally. fix this? Totally, and I'm, yeah. and it's like, 
no, I can't. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but we could work on things, you know, <laughs> but, but I, it, no. Yeah. So, th- I mean, that's, that's. I kind of thought I knew the answer, yeah, but I wondered, yeah. I wondered no, if you'd ever question. had people it is. doing yeah. that. Because, oh, yeah. I get people all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I know somebody that could really use you. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. And you're thinking, well, maybe you can. Or, yeah. you, <laughs> well, maybe you and I should have a conversation <laughs> since you're the one yeah. pointing out everybody else because, that needs me. Honestly, the, the hardest thing for, um, parents to realize is that their kids are on the stage and they're writing the play as it goes and they're starring in it and the parents are in the audience and you can cheer and you can boo oh, but that's you so good you don't get to that's so get up good. there on stage with them and point them in the dir- direction you want i mean oh, and that's so good so i know there's there's i've learned a lot of good i've really loved i've loved this learning this you know i always said if i i'm going to do this and if i don't coach one other person I'm getting a lot out of it. For know? sure. So, but now you're blessing a lot of lives. Well, thank where, you. Where yeah. can people find you? Okay. Uh, I have a great website and um, it's www.knielsencoaching.com. Knielsencoaching.com. She Is that part, if she, they go on there, will they see your blog? They will see my blog. Yeah. You do a beautiful job on the blog, I have I to say. I She's do. a great writer. Yeah. No, I, I, I've been watching it. I, I get yeah, it. And you. it is, it's really well done. There's a lot of people blogging that, don't have any clue as to how to write <laughs> like the lady i was standing in line with the well, life yeah, you know yeah. I, yeah. I think don't do of it. a lot of influencers so that also yeah. are bloggers and don't i do they 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 don't write in an intelligent way you have got very intentional thank great I, I really like what you're doing it is great yeah it's so, good stuff thank you so much it's it's super fun and i'm gonna start um at the first of the year i think so if you go on my website you can sign up on my email list and right. then you'll get the blog yep. you know they it's like once a month or something I, yeah. so it's not a big it's not going to be in there every day no it's not uh-huh. a bother but um, but I'm also um, I, I think I'm going to do a online like pilot group class oh. to do like you know like for I don't know four weeks or something join this group and we'll do a, a class and then group coaching which is fun. super fun to do because even if you're not coached if you listen to coaching you learn so much yeah. you know so because you can always apply it and yeah so yeah. and I think it would be fun to do with like I a group too. of women you know for I, you know an hour like sure once or twice a month you yeah. know to just okay we're gonna all log on at seven o'clock I'll do a 20 minute kind of here's a, a concept a life coaching concept or an idea to something to think about and then let's do some coaching you know and How just exciting. so fun yeah That's i really, think it really sounds cool. fun kind yeah. of do a a membership kind of part and I so like so if you want more information on that to join my go to my website and sign up and get an email and i'll because i'm going to advertise through that so that'd be great. great we'll have we'll have a link on mm-hmm. the for on your instagram yep. on your instagram perfect, mm-hmm. perfect and we can everyone can find you and it's been wow this time went fast i know i can't believe it it's it's time but before we leave and you've already given us so many little tidbits but we ask our guests to give us a takeaway gift a tag something mantra something that we can remember you by and something that you live by maybe it's something new that you live by it might not be the same thing it was 10 years ago yeah 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 i think um the first thing that popped into my mind is something i heard at a funeral years ago and I loved it so much and I 
I cut out the funeral, the program and put it always in my, on my bulletin board. But it's, it's so simple. It's just work hard and be nice. Work <laughs> that encapsulates this entire conversation. <laughs> it really is. does. That's <laughs> work hard and be nice. Yeah. That's really all I can offer. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's all. That's it. That's all yeah. you need. Do it. Right. I, if it, everyone would just go to work and be nice. <laughs> Work hard and be nice. Yeah, uh, I it's love got it. me pretty far. I love it. I love you. You're you awesome. So Thank you. You're awesome. Thank you for Thanks, coming you and so sharing fun. this with us. And my pleasure. It's everyone go get a mammogram, including yes. me. Oh. Please, I'm do going that. to. I'm going to go tell do everybody it. you know to do that because oh, I have to tell you the one other th- horrible statistic I heard. Yeah, ninety percent of cancer screenings have gone have been canceled in the last 18 months. I know. This is one of the reasons so, I didn't get it. Yeah. Wait, they've been canceled by the patient? Just because of COVID yeah. and, and, you know, not necessary. So, and when you consider that, like, right? No. It really, you can't, you have I to I had go. a mammogram. I yeah. had a mammogram scheduled and COVID happened and I didn't go. Yeah. Right. I didn't so, go. And that you're like a lot of other people. So yeah. anyway, now's the time we're, we're, we're getting, getting back, back up. Yeah, we're, we're getting back. So Wear your mask. Go get it. it. Yep. Thank, Thank you very so much. Thank you, Kathy. you guys. Thanks so much for having me. It was super fun. It it's was fun. so fun. Okay. I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. We're Two Average Girls. We're so glad you joined us. Be sure and look us up on Instagram and Facebook, Two Average Girls Podcast. And be sure, rate, review, subscribe, and follow everywhere you get your podcasts. We are there. We're on Apple. We're on Amazon. We're on Google. We do it all. So um, we'd love to hear from you. So get on that Instagram and give us an instant message or Facebook either way. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time right here on Two Average Girls.